Here we go again. To drinking beer, talking fantasy sports. This is episode four. My name is Christian Prize. You're joined by John Ryder. How's it going, John? Good, dude. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good. Just getting back from a week's vacation up at the cottage, so pretty rested. Uh, I felt like I was in a bubble, so I missed out on some fantasy stuff, but I tried my best to stay on top of it. <laughs> yeah, I am the opposite. Poorly rested after a wedding last night, and um, yeah. Gonna gonna brave it here with my beer, uh, despite having maybe a few too many last night. <laughs> right on. What are you What are you drinking right now? So I picked up, uh, what is it here? A hazy IPA from Sada City Brewing Company called Everyday Magic. Um, they are in Gravenhurst, so I picked that up on the way home uh, from the cottage. Sweet, that's a good beer. I've had that before. Um, maybe the last time I was in Ontario for Christmas, even, I think I had that. So yeah, that's a good beer. Um, I'm having a arm candy milk stout from Born Colorado Brewing. We're big fans of that brewery here in Calgary and it's brewed with lactose sugar. And that, what that does is makes the beer pretty creamy and pretty smooth, um, doesn't taste like milk at all just adds a little bit of a sweet smoothness to it and you know got some chocolate notes 6.5 percent nice and roasty it's a good beer nice i'm gonna crack mine now and then i'll give you a bit of an update at our beer break all right so uh what do we got in store for this podcast today john yeah quick episode summary before we jump into it we're gonna uh look at some quick hits in the news we're going to wrap up our last two divisional breakdowns, looking at the AFC South and West, um, kind of what's gone on in training camp. And then we're also going to look at uh, one guy from each position that uh, are our favorites. So we're going to do our favorites this week, our fades next week. So one guy at each position we don't like coming up next week. And we're going to uh, touch on our League of Leagues as well as... Uh, give you a rundown of a slow draft that we're currently doing right now, kind of as we're recording. So uh, just to give some highlights, uh, what we drafted, who we drafted, that kind of thing. So what our strategy was. So yeah, that's going to be the show. Cool, man. All right, well, let's get into it. I'll start with uh, NBA news. Uh, Clippers are keeping Kawhi Leonard, obviously, on a four-year max deal. Uh, they are the favorites uh, for win total this year in the NBA. So Obviously, he's a big piece of that. Clay Thompson targeting Christmas Day return. He suffered a pretty brutal Achilles injury last year, and it's a very long recovery time. So he's obviously not going to be around, uh, you know, for the first couple months of the season. Uh, Summer league wrapped up. Uh, It's mostly young players that uh, play in that that league. Uh, So a lot of players just kind of getting accustomed to uh, playing with other NBAers and uh, you know, a few guys up their stock, but we'll get into that uh, in the next few weeks, kind of after we wrap up some football stuff. Uh, MLB, 
Nelson Cruz placed on the COVID IR. Uh, we're not quite sure if it's a close contact or if he uh, is actually showing symptoms or something like that. Clayton Kershaw started throwing again from 120 feet. Uh, so he's looking to make it back for uh, the playoffs. The Dodgers are cruising right now. I think they've won 13 in the last 14. So they're not in a huge rush to get him back, but it'd be nice for the uh, you know the championship run. Uh, Dylan Carlson's hitting in the cage again. Uh, good young player, so it'll be nice for the Cardinals to get him back. Francisco Lindor looking to be activated this week. He's been out since July. Uh, and Mike Trout, uh, return is in sight for him. He's been on the 60-day IL with the calf strain. Um, I, you know, the Angels probably don't really need him back, but it, it would be good for him to finish strong. Uh, Travis Darnold is on paternity leave for... Uh, I think a couple more days. He's actually on our League of League squad, so we were without him this week, unfortunately. And Ian Anderson made one last rehab start, so he'll be back this week for the Braves. Sweet, yeah. And quick note, too. Um, some news at Syndergaard. He was actually throwing against live batters uh, this week, so looks like he's going to come back, but maybe in a more of a relief role rather than starting. So um, we threw him on our IL just to, you know, have the shot at it. But we'll see. It may, may not be a ton of fantasy value if he's just doing two, three innings a game. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, NHL, not not a whole lot to update us on. We had our flurry of free agent deals and uh, all that a couple weeks back. But... Uh, Henrik Lundqvist did call it a career. So um, after he played his full career in the, in the for the Rangers, is that right? Yep. yep. He was nowhere else. Yeah, and a long career and some very impressive years there. But uh, yeah, he has hung it up. So passing the torch on there to uh, their new starter, um, uh, Shesterkin. Yeah, yeah, passing the torch there to Shesterkin. He had a good year last year. So yeah, he's going to be the star. Um, NFL, our preseason has started, so we're two weeks into that. We got uh, a few injury updates. Uh, Will Fuller, Chris Carson, or sorry, Carson Wentz, Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman, uh, all expected to be ready for the start of the season. That's especially good news for uh, Carson Wentz there in Indy and for those receivers in uh, Baltimore, because I was kind of looking <laughs> a little bit scary and, uh, for the Ravens there. I think they pretty much had last man standing was Watkins. So, yeah, <laughs> good to have some big-time receivers coming back for them and just knowing that uh, Lamar Jackson will have those guys back. Uh, the rookie QBs in camp have looked pretty solid um, throughout. We were watching uh, a little bit of Trey Lance tonight in that 49ers game. Um, he's looked pretty good. Um, I think he did have a turnover there, but he also had a TD. So, um even on that in that sense and um, played a lot more of the game than Garoppolo did. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see, see kind of when I don't think it's, if he takes over, it's going to be when there. Um, Watson uh, could be a healthy scratch every game this season, which not surprising. Um, the Texans weren't going to be uh fighting for the playoffs either way and you know it's just a bad luck to have him in there i saw in practice they were doing all kinds of weird things with him he was lining up at 
uh, corner at times and yeah. <laughs> doing some really weird things. So yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think we see him this year. I don't think we see him. So and then uh, Dak Prescott too. It seems like he's got some nagging injuries kind of going on. Um, if you're watching Hard Knocks, uh, saw he got pulled out of practice in uh, one of the clips there, and then some updates this week. They say or suggested he may not be at 100% all year, which kind of kind of worrisome, just not knowing what you get if you draft him, as yeah. well as like the receivers around him are um, high up on most people's boards. So, yeah, yep. something to watch with Dak there. I did see he was throwing again, so that's a good sign. How's that beer treating you? Yeah, it's really good. Um, it's not too heavy. I mean, it's a 6.9% uh, IPA, but it, it's it's really not too heavy. Um, yeah, it's definitely got some, like, citrus tones to it, which is nice. Um, it's it's unfiltered. I don't know. I like it a lot. Uh, 45 yeah. IBUs. Yeah. What did you think of it when you had it? I remember it. Uh, it was good. It was uh, hop forward, a little bit, a little bit fruity, um, crisp. Clean lager, yeah. I mean, uh, crisp clean uh, IPA. It was nice. Yeah, yeah. And mine's going okay, surprisingly. I didn't know how I'd feel, but first few sips. Be able to keep it down. um, The that's not a knock on the beer. The beer's really good. Um, (laughs) Yeah, chocolatey, roasty, that kind of thing. And yeah, and maybe the maybe the lactose sugar there might uh, soothe my stomach too. Um, Oh, my stomach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, you want to jump into it? We're yeah. Let's off here with the AFC South. For sure. Let's get into it. Uh, AFC South, uh, just as we've done the past two podcasts, uh, we did AFC North and East last podcast <clears throat> and the uh, NFC Conference a couple podcasts prior to that. We just go into the, the players that we like from each team or don't like, uh, find some value or whatever. So uh, we'll start her off with the Texans today. Um Bit of a mess at running back. Anyone you like uh, in the running back group there, John? It's really hard to say. Um, you saw their um, depth chart come out last week. And, you know, preseason depth charts don't necessarily mean a whole lot. But they had Philip Lindsay and Ingram kind of both penciled in as their RB1. Yep. And then David Johnson apparently um, is going to be taking on just more so third down receiving work, maybe when they're in a little bit of a two-minute offense or something like that. He's out there too. Yeah. But he sounded really uh, – when I I heard a clip of him speaking on that uh, the backfield and his role, and he sounded pretty resigned to it. Like he was – he seemed a little defeated, um, and you don't blame him. Um, but it's a mess back there. If I was going to draft somebody, I think I still draft David Johnson just because the offense is going to have to come from somewhere. They're going to be down a lot. And if he's yep. the guy that's going to be receiving um, out of the backfield, I think there'll be the opportunities for that. So, yeah, he's had a, not a lot of down. Though. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, preseason, though, Mark Ingram looked pretty good. <laughs> uh, nice. He scored a touchdown. I think he was their leading rusher in uh, their last preseason game. So, I, I don't know. I don't like any of it, but David Johnson maybe <laughs> late if you told me I had to draft one. Yep. Uh, receivers. I think there's probably only one receiver to look at in this offense. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's Brandon Cooks. 
Um, and even that, like, Tyrod Taylor is going to be their quarterback, it looks like. And I don't know if he can re- sustain a, you know, fantasy-relevant wide receiver week in and week out. So this is probably more likely going to be your bye week fill-in or you take a shot because maybe he catches a deep ball. But, yeah, the receiving core there isn't great. They're tight ends. I don't even... I, I, I couldn't even tell you who it is. <laughs> no, that's, that's where I was at. I was at a loss. Nobody that I was ever drafted. So. No, nope, yeah. not on our radar. Yeah. It's a wasteland. There will be some offense, of course. They're not projected zero points, but figuring out where it comes from, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, we don't have to stick around the Texans too long. They're, uh, they've got us at a loss, obviously. So uh, the Indianapolis Colts, um, first round of Jonathan Taylor, obviously. Uh, his ADP has been up and down. What do you think of him? Um, I was really high on him earlier in the year. And like you said, his, his ADP is a roller coaster lately, kind of up and down with the Wentz injuries, up and down with coach speak around um, using Mac a little bit more. Hines is going to be still part of that backfield as they're receiving back. So, I've cooled on him a little bit, but he's he's still an RB1 for me. And probably looking at him like 8th, ninth, 10th pick in the first round, something like that, I think you, you still did okay to get him there. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Are you... Uh, Josh Taylor? Career? Yeah, I mean, I, um, I had faded him a little bit. I uh, was taking guys like uh, Nick Chubb over him in, in a few mocks. I don't know with the with the Wentz injury it did did uh, make me think twice about him but he broke out in a big way the second half of last year uh, I had traded him away at that point so that was a little bit frustrating maybe that's still lingering for me why I'm kind of shying away yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah no I would take him if you fell to me like if I'm in the 12 spot in a couple of drafts and if he's there then yeah he's he's uh, he's a good value yeah I think especially if you get him right at the back there 11 or 12 yeah for sure that's pretty good. Um, yeah. Carson Wentz, uh, uh supposed no. to be healthy for the first, first week of the year. Don't, we're not, nobody's drafting Carson Wentz, right? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah. in a, maybe in a two QB league, like, um, he is re- reunited with, uh, Frank Reich, who, um, you know, they, they worked together in Philly and had some chemistry there and Wentz's best years were with him as a coach. So. Maybe there's some optimism there, but I'm not drafting him. I don't even think I would draft him in a two QB league just because there's probably better options in that, you know, QB 15 to 25 kind of range where you're yeah, looking at the back yeah. half. So, yeah, yeah. there's guys he's got some receiver upside. weapons like he's got weapons, but it's just like even the receivers. I don't know. Where are you drafting? Let me start that over. Uh, the wide receivers. Do you like any of the wide receivers out of the um, Indianapolis Colts? Um, you know what? I think uh, if anybody's going to emerge, Pittman, Pittman May. He was a uh, rookie last year. He showed some flashes. I think they're going to try to make him their wide receiver one there. Yeah. Um, and he's going pretty late in drafts. Um, yeah. I think the team's gonna gonna have a decent offense. They're not gonna be bottom of the barrel or anything like that. So 
somebody's going to be receiving the ball and Pittman is is my choice so yeah, yeah. otherwise um, I'm kind of staying off of it I think and that kind of points to why we aren't looking at Carson Wentz too well like their first receivers being taken in the 10th round uh and the rest are just about undrafted which is similar to like I don't know the Ravens but you know Lamar's got the rushing ability so it is I don't know that that's why they they have good receivers but they're, they're like your back end picks for sure it's tough there like and T.Y. Hilton is uh kind of from my perspective just a shell of what he was before yeah I think he will have some games where you see him hit and get a TD but not gonna be with any consistency I don't think yeah yeah, these guys have all like been highly touted every draft season, and they just never pan out. It seems. Yeah, yeah. I like and and there's other guys there. Zach Pascal is probably going to flash. Um, Paris Campbell. There was some hype around him earlier. Um, it's just it's uh, it's tough to wade through, and not a lot, not a lot of um, upside there. I think your yeah. upside's really capped with these guys. For sure. And then somebody, you know, a tight end of maybe relevance. They do have. Jack Doyle, who <laughs> not a sexy pick, but he's been pretty fantasy relevant in the past. He has been. They have they all have two uh, tight ends, like Mo Ali Cox is there too, but I don't think he plays into Jack Doyle's receptions at all. Um, um, they have somebody else too. Um, the oh name's going to Trey Burton. Oh Trey boy, Burton, who used to be for the Bears, um, and like Trey Burton. The, I mean, uh, Indy uses their um, tight ends a fair bit they in that do. offense. Um, I I was taking a shot at a late tight end, maybe Jack Doyle, but I think those guys with more upside. Yeah. Than Jack Doyle, his upside kind of cap, but he'll be steady. Like a land of misfit toys, this team it seems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I. Yeah, we're not excited about any of it. So. Okay, yeah, and maybe actually maybe Naheem Hines if you're in a PPR league, I think. Oh they're... right, yeah, we talked about him for a little bit. Yeah, um, we looked at him today um, in a draft that we're doing. We'll get to that a little bit later, but yeah. I think Naheem Hines was in full PPR running back fifteen last year. That sounds crazy to say, but I think that's what it was. And yeah, it was. He's right. going to consistently be getting receiving work out of the backfield. If he goes six for 50 every game, that wouldn't surprise me, basically, or on average. And he finds his way to the end zone. He's not a big guy, but he gets in there. So, yeah, he's definitely somebody you can target late in your draft that is going to provide, I think, some flex upside in a half PPR or PPR league. For sure. He's actually the next highest drafted player after Jonathan Taylor. (laughs) On the team? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, what do we got here? Jacksonville Jaguars. They are they're a young, exciting team. Um, there's there's actually a lot of weapons. They're just uh, they're in flux. New brand new coach, brand new offensive coordinator, brand new quarterback, uh, brand new running back. So yeah, a lot of stuff in flux. It's hard to draft them with any kind of certainty, but. Um, yeah, Trevor Lawrence. What are your thoughts on Trevor Lawrence going in the tenth? Yeah, he's looked um, he's looked good in preseason. He's had chemistry with um, the receiver, his starting receivers there. Um, he's hooked up with Marvin Jones a couple times for some big receptions. Um, I've seen Chanel getting um, some chemistry with him there. Um, 
I, you know, I don't mind Trevor Lawrence as kind of a low-end QB1. If you're punting on uh, QB and you're going to wait till the 10th round to draft somebody, I think Trevor Lawrence, you can do a lot worse than Trevor Lawrence, and he's a guy that could crack inside that top 10 um, with those weapons, like you mentioned. And they brought in um, ATN, which is, you know, his guy from college, which is helpful. Yeah, he's already got that connection there. Uh, Etienne can definitely catch the ball. Like they split him out, or yeah, put him out uh, as a wide receiver in uh, some plays. He can catch out of the backfield. Um, he's going to add value to Lawrence's um, passing totals for sure. Uh, James Robinson's another running back there. He had a heck of a year last year. Came out of nowhere. Uh, undrafted yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, I loved James Robinson last year. I I was in a league with you, and I kind of went zero RB. Yeah. And he was somebody off the waivers that provided me a pretty steady running back all year long. Like it was unbelievable what he did. Not too many free agent running backs like literally hit the ground running like that. He was a tough runner. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he's gonna seed all the work to Etienne. Um, I think both guys are going to be um, fantasy relevant, but they're going to cap each other's overall upside. So um, he's going a little bit later than Etienne, right? He is. Um, Robinson's probably going in like round six from what I've seen. Um, Travis Etienne, like four or five. Yeah. 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 There's, yeah. there's a little like PPR. Etienne goes a lot higher. Obviously he's going to do a lot of the, the, you know, the passing down stuff. Um, yeah, but, but he is a rookie, uh, so it's, you never know. He's a rookie. The coach is going to make him earn it, whether <laughs> whether he really has to or not. But yeah. uh, James Robinson, too, I think is going to be on the goal line a lot, and yep. he can drive it in. So, yeah, it's, I think both can provide value in those kind of middle rounds um, as a running back, especially if you're lucky enough to get one as, like, your flex running back. That's yeah, pretty absolutely. solid. Yeah. 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 Um, and I'll bang off the receivers here, and uh, you tell me how you'd rank them. Um, you got Chark, Lucas Chenault, and Marvin Jones Jr. How would you rank those guys? That's it's it's tough. Um, Shark was everybody's favorite uh, receiver on the team for a while, but I actually think I put him at the back of the pack there. And when you look back at the end of the year. I think Marvin Jones is going to do what Marvin Jones does and just sneakily end up as the top receiving option on the team. He did that last year in Detroit. He was, I think he was wide receiver 15 last year. Um, and even in half PPR formats. Um, so I think Marvin Jones, Chanel shark is how I ordered them. Yep. Um, They're going in vastly different rounds, too, which is oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Shark is going pretty early, and I think Shark and Jones kind of play the same type of game. Um, some deep balls, they're big receivers, um, end zone threats. Um, both are going to, I think both are going to um, have some big games, but predicting when that comes for them is going to be difficult. Chenault is actually the guy I think that provides the most week to week consistency, like yep. shorter passes kind of you know six eight yeah they, receptions um, a game yeah they were comparing him to like a percy harvin kind of kind of receiver like a gadget guy but that's actually you know kind of guy that urban meyer coached back in uh 
back in college. So there might be, you know, some more work for Lewis Chenault this year. Yeah, I think I would take I think I would take uh, Chenault or Jones. And yep. especially at their ADPs, like Jones is buried in drafts, 12th round sometimes. So, yep. yeah, um, he's definitely the kind of guy that if you want high upside on a bye week, you throw him in. It didn't cost you much in the draft, and he could blow up and have two TDs and 120 yards. Yep, and you're laughing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he used to have those multiple uh, TD weeks. I mean, he had like two or three touchdowns at a game sometimes last year. Yeah, yeah. Just blew up. So that, that's a, a weak winner kind of performance. Yes. And no tight end there to speak of, right? No, not at all. No. no. Okay. Cool. Okay. Tennessee Titans. Um, Tannehill, he's still a great value, even though he keeps putting up uh, the last couple of years. People are fading him. <laughs> yeah. Well, people sleeping on Tannehill. He is. A couple of years there, done it consistently. Great offense, rushes the ball. What's not to like? He has good receivers. <laughs> yeah, you got a brand new shiny toy this year, too. Yeah. Yeah, Julio Jones landed there. So yep. um, between him and A.J. Brown, that's a scary pair. Are Absolutely. you... I think you're probably with the consensus. A.J. Brown's the... The top receiving option there? I think he's the guy to own in, in Tennessee, for sure. Yeah. I think there's... I I would agree with you. Like, if I was in a draft, I'd take A.J. Brown. I think there's... In the range of outcomes, maybe Julio, like, was the wide receiver one there, and you draft him a little bit later. Like, if A.J. Brown's low end was, you know, wide receiver 15, and Julio's high end was wide receiver 12 or something, maybe yep. they swap spots. <laughs> Yep. But, uh, yeah, I think AJ is going to be the one for sure. Yes. I mean, he was going sky high in uh, the rankings before Julio got there. So, I don't know. I, I think the fantasy community's got this one figured out, and they're still drafting accordingly. AJ Brown first, Julio second. Yeah, you're right, though. He, his value, like, we were watching the values probably pretty early on in comparison to some. But for sure, before Julio was there, I think AJ Brown was – top five wide receiver, and maybe he slipped out of that now with Julio arriving there. Yeah, and we didn't obviously mean to skip um, Derrick Henry. He's a stud, top five pick. I mean, what else can you say? Yeah, the, only, yeah. the only knock I've heard really is that, you know, he's a big guy, a lot of miles on on the uh, the tires, so maybe he's going to break down at some point, but I, I'm not sure that this is the year. He's still a, a stud. Right on. Yeah, I yeah, lock it in. He should be drafted, I think, in my my ranks right after CMC, but somewhere in that top four between Kamara, Henry, Zeke, and CMC. So, yeah, the only I've I've heard one knock too is no running back has gone back to back years with over two thousand yards. So. Maybe he breaks some mold and does it, but yeah, yeah. yeah the trend is that typically they don't do that back to back. So, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, you got to draft Henry if you're sitting there early in the draft. Um, yeah. Anything else there? Um, yeah, I, we, I think we have down here something about Josh Reynolds. Um, 
He yeah, was, yeah. you know, always pretty decent on LA. I, I liked him as like a wide receiver four. Like you could throw him in, a, you know, your flex on bye weeks, and he he put up some bigger weeks. Yeah, and if Julio or AJ Brown ever got hurt, I think he um, immediately becomes a fantasy relevant receiver week to week, like Corey Davis did it. Yeah, and I think Reynolds is an equal, equally skilled receiver. So. Um, if one of those got hurt, keep your eye on uh, Josh Reynolds because, like you said, he had value even behind Cup and Woods. So if there was one of those receivers out of the way in Tennessee, he would immediately, I think, become a wide receiver two type week to week. Yeah, and there's there's definitely vacated targets in Tennessee. John who left, Corey Davis uh, left. and Yeah, I yeah. think there's, a, there's, a, there's room for him to have some production. Yeah, and then tight end... Burks are I'm not that high on him, but I'm not that high on him either. They're they do like to use their tight ends, and he's not as athletic as Janu uh, Smith, obviously. But yeah, I don't know. By week, if you're if you drafted a tight end in a high, I want to grab like a a guy late just in case. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you could, could do, do worse. worse. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but those guys I like more if I'm gonna punt on tight end and I'm looking at the you know tight yeah. end. 15, yeah. 18 range. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And that wraps us up, right? That was all yeah, the that's, AFC uh, South teams? Yep, that's AFC South. Okay. Um, diving into our last division, um, AFC West. Uh, start with the Broncos. And right off the hop, we got a little bit of uh, competition for quarterback job there between Drew Locke and uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Who do you think gets it? I think Drew Locke gets it, honestly. They've they've had him with the first uh, first string, you know, guys in training camp. I don't know if he's the best option for the team. Bridgewater was pretty solid in Carolina. Um, yeah. But I do think Drew Locke starts week one uh, without a very long leash. Yeah, I agree with you. And... Drew Locke has looked decent in uh, preseason action. Um, but I think Bridgewater probably does more for you in terms of sustaining fantasy relevance for the receivers there. Um, yeah, yeah. Bridgewater produced three top 30 wide receivers last year. I um, believe it. Carolina. So, and there's um, a lot of weapons here. Yeah. If uh, he could produce three top wide, or three top 30 wide receivers... Um, if he was in there, I think Sutton and Judy would be, um, yeah, both yeah. Uh, doing pretty well, and Fant would be um, better off for it. But for yeah, sure. I'm with you. I think Drew Drew Lock starts. And on the note of those, uh, yeah, let's jump into the receivers, and then we'll look at the running backs. Since yeah, we mentioned them there. Um, Judy Sutton is there one you like more than the other? I like Judy um, slightly more. Just for the fact that you know he he runs those, he's got a bigger um, route tree, so I, yeah. I think he does get more targets for that reason. Sutton was banged up at the end of last year, uh, he, and he, he should be fine, you know, for week one or whatever. But yeah, I just like Jerry Judy. He's got the higher draft capital. He seemed to have a better connection with uh, with Drew Lock last year. Uh, yeah. So yeah, they are going very close in in the drafts uh, in the seventh round, but I. You know, give the slight edge to Jerry Judy. I think so too. Um, I think he will lead the team in receptions, 
Um, Sutton's maybe bigger plays and kind of the end zone, bigger end zone threat. He's a bigger bodied yeah. guy, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Judy's going to soak up some targets. So, yeah, I'm with you there. And then just a note, I guess Tim Patrick was actually the leading receiver on of that team last year, and he's right. still there. Yeah, um, kind of the forgotten man, but um, similar to Josh Reynolds, I think if one or the other was out between Judy and Sutton, uh, Tim Patrick is going to find his way on the fantasy teams but i don't know that many people are drafting him uh, yeah he's definitely going undrafted <laughs> yeah. yeah and then uh no fan comp- yeah no fan yep um no competition there at tight end i think uh he's the guy what do you think of him well he's uh he's gonna come up later in the podcast as uh, one of my favorite guys to kind of grab this year uh we have him in our league of leagues league we actually traded for him as a part of a package deal. So he's one of our keepers. Uh, I'm pretty high on Noah Fant. And, well, actually, we both are, I think, higher than most. Um, he was a yeah. first-round talent uh, drafted a couple years ago. So he's he's still a young guy. I think he's only 23. Yeah, uh, is he going into year three? or year? I think he's going into year three now. Yeah, he's going into year three now. So, yeah, he, yeah. I don't know. He's a big part of the offense, and he's still a pretty young guy. Yeah, uh, super athletic. Exactly. And then uh, at running back, yeah, I think, just to go back to fan, I think he could sneak into the top five. I think so, too. Yep. Yeah. There's the big three, and then maybe, you know, uh, Andrews, Pitts, Hawkinson are usually in the conversation for the next three, but I think Fant could knock one of those guys off and be in the top five. Yeah. Yeah. Not uh, out of the range of outcomes. (laughs) No, for sure. And then some running back competition. Um, They drafted a running back high. In Javante Williams, and they have a proven proven guy back there in Melvin Gordon. What do you what do you kind of make of it? Gordon had a heck of a season last year. I think he ran for over a thousand yards. Um, I've been really high on Javante Williams. I've been talking him up all off season, but at this point, his uh, ADP has climbed higher than Melvin Gordon, and he's he's not going to be the week one you know starter. So. Uh, at the cost right now, I'm definitely like a more of a Melvin Gordon fan. Uh, he's on the last year of his contract, so they're definitely going to run him into the ground, I think. Uh, Javon Williams probably take over the second half of the season. I can see that happening, uh, kind of like J.K. Dobbins did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, the only knock on Melvin Gordon that you kind of got to keep in the back of your head, he had, he had a bit of legal trouble last year, so that might surface at some point this season. So you just kind of got to be ready for that. But Right, right. Yeah. For cost, um, Melvin Gordon's where I would go. Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, like you said, by midseason, I think there's a there's kind of a bigger uh, share of snaps between the two of them. I don't think Gordon fades into nothingness when Javante starts getting more work, but um, I think it does end up being a bit of a split, you know, 60-40, 50-50 kind of thing at some point in the year. Yeah. And Gordon will probably start as the lead back, and Williams is going to be nipping at his heels, I think. For sure. And they did coexist last year, Philip Lindsay in that role. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they both can have success. Uh, keeper, obviously, Javante Williams, the guy you want. Yeah, for sure. For sure. In the Dynasty or Keeper League. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where Gordon lands, but this is definitely his last year in Denver. So, yep. yeah. yeah. Um, on to the Chiefs. Is there anything fantasy relevant here? <laughs> um, <laughs> of course, Mahomes 
uh, set the league on fire the last couple of years. He is on a ridiculous pace in terms of the yardage and TDs. Um, where do you have him? Kind of where would you rank him in your QBs? I got him number one. You got him number one, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I go Mahomes, uh, maybe Kyler, and then Josh Allen. So he's he's at the top still for me. Right. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm. I think I'm uh, Mahomes, Murray, Allen, but you can't go wrong with either. Um, but Mahomes' passing volume and passing TDs is definitely going to be higher than those other two guys. Yeah. It's just the rushing, like maybe the rushing yards and the rushing TDs. Uh, you know, those points are worth more. Maybe they pop him up a little bit higher. For but, sure. Uh, yeah, he should at be. At his cost, sorry, just to jump in here. At his cost, I, I don't think I'll own him a lot this year. He's going in like the third round, like back in the second. So, yeah, he's at the top of my rankings, but at, at his cost, it's too pricey for me. Yeah, when I've got Allen and Murray mixed in and I can get them two rounds later, um, yeah, of course I would wait. So, I don't, I'm with you. I don't think I'll own Mahomes anywhere, really. Um, and then there are receivers, um, Tyreek Hill, same conversation again. He's basically should be everybody's consensus top three, um, behind Diggs and Adams or in and around Diggs and Adams. Yeah. Is there anybody else that you're looking at in terms of wide receivers? Uh, on this? Yeah. Team? Nicole Hardman. He's a pretty good late value. He's had a couple of years in the wide receiver three role there. Uh, and he flashes. He, they use him in a lot of like jet sweep kind of situations, yeah, yeah. <laughs> long bombs. So yeah, he puts up some big games. He just hopefully can develop a bit of consistency this this year, and the pressure will be on him. Um, exactly. He doesn't like, have a it, Sammy Watkins there with him anymore, right? So yeah, Sammy Watkins left. It's Hardman's job to to own. I uh, I I think I've cooled on him a bit. I was like I was pretty high on him earlier in the year, thinking. Sure. Yep. You know, Watkins Watkins uh, receptions could go to him, but really I think what happens is Watkins receptions just get spread out between him, Kelsey, Hill, Hardman, and uh, they still have Demarcus Robinson, who yep. definitely flashed. And I think Chris Conley is still there too. And who, Byron Pringle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, there's Miles to feed. I don't know if it's a... Yeah, he might be penciled in as a wide receiver too, but I think they'll spread it around after yeah. after Hill and Kelsey. Okay, that about uh, does it for the wide receivers there. I'm not, like I said, not too high on Hardman as a true wide receiver too. Um, I think Hill's your, obviously, alpha dog there, and he's going to soak up most of the targets from, uh, from the wide receivers. But uh, the other big reception throughout that they have is, of course... Um, Travis Kelsey. Uh, we were talking about Travis Kelsey, weren't we? I don't know if we did get into him. Fuck. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kelsey, locked and loaded, tight end one still. Um, I don't know for how many more years he'll be able to do it, but um, I think he still finishes his tight end one for one more year. Yeah, he's he's 32 years old now, and... Uh, I don't think there's ever been a wide receiver or sorry, a tight end. The tight end one has ever been older than 32. I think um, I heard that Tony Gonzalez was the last uh, tight end to do it 
at 32 and not okay. after. So we'll see if uh, Kelsey can pull it off in his in his uh, later years here. But I agree with you. He's a tight end one for sure. Where would you draft him? Uh, I've considered taking him at uh, at 12 in, in a lot of drafts. Um, the slow draft that we were doing um, over the past few days, he was there, but so was tra- um, Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs, who are higher in our rankings. So, yeah, we went with them. But, yeah, Kelsey was definitely a consideration. He's such an advantage. Yeah, he's um, a, the position. a difference maker there for sure. Every week Above he's having an advantage yeah. over every other team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I agree with you. Um, around that 12, 13 mark, it's, yep. you're considering it. He's like, he's the new Gronk, basically. Yep. Um, breaking yardage records, breaking TD records. Yeah. And he and puts such up an advantage. points as those top tier receivers. So it's, um, yeah. yeah, it's an opener. I think he had more receptions than Hill last year in that like potent Chiefs offense. A little less yards, just the style of player and type of person, type of player they are. But yeah, um, huge reception totals too. So um, that pretty well just leaves us with the backfield here, and then yep. and that's Clyde Edwards-Alaire, um, second year back, um, had a pretty pretty solid um, rookie season. Um, I think people were a little disappointed in his production for where they drafted him last year. That's but his, what are your thoughts it, yeah. on him this year? That's exactly it. Yeah. I think people drafted him real high considering the offenses then. Um, and they were probably left disappointed, like you said. Um, but he still finishes like the running back 15 or something like that. Uh, he had, you know, a lot of different guys kind of trying to come up behind him. Le- Le'Veon Bell was there. Um, Daryl Williams, who's, or sorry, Damian Williams. I think yeah, Daryl Williams is there too. Um, but yeah, there's, they've all left. There's Daryl Williams is there. Uh, so he doesn't have a lot of competition behind him anymore. He's still in, you know, the best offense in the NFL. And, uh, if he just gets, if you know, like a few more goal line carries, anything like that, he's, he's a, he's a top, you know, 10 running back. No problem. I think so. That offense is too good, um, to not produce a, top 10 running back i think especially when like you said those other guys are gone there's not a big big competition there for snaps um i was one of those early clyde edwards alaire drafters last year i think i took him sixth in uh in the league of league draft last year yeah and i was disappointed but if you see where he's going now and you get the rb 12 or 15 out of that that's great. Like, I think that's basically the worst case scenario for him. For sure. Like yeah. Running back 15. Yeah. Um, You're um, drafting him at his floor now. And last year, you know, no one knew his ceiling, but that's where he was being drafted. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And maybe we should have tempered our expectations a bit and drafted him more like Najee Harris is this year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think uh could be a really good year for Clyde Edwards-Alaire and there's good value there late in the second round to draft him or middle yep. second round. So yeah, I'm with you. I would like to own him in more leagues, but just as where I'm drafting right now, I, I, it's it's a reach or someone's already grabbed him before me. So yeah. Yeah. Hope exactly, know, yeah. Know, but I, I'm not there yet. I've got uh kind of seven, seven, eight in some drafts. So I think on, in the second round, I'll be looking at him in some cases. So 
um, he will definitely be a consideration for me. Sweet. Um, yeah, and on to our next team in the division in the West is the Oakland Raiders. Um, <laughs> you know, there's some bright spots here. Um, what are your thoughts on who they have under center there, Derek Carr? Super, um, I think he's underrated, honestly. He does finish pretty well every year. Like, he's always in that, you know, QB 15 range. So if you're waiting on, you know, QB, yeah, 12 to 15. He's not a bad guy to grab if you want a safe floor. Uh, he usually goes undrafted. You know, if you're not spending a lot of draft capital on him. Um, and, and just as a caveat for this entire team, they probably will finish last in this division. I don't think they're yeah. going to win a ton of games. So they're going to be playing from behind a lot. Um, their defense isn't amazing by any stretch. So there's a lot of air yards uh, to be had. So, yeah, I, I mean, I probably won't own him, but if I punted on QB and even, you know, two QB leagues, I'd, I'd grab him as my second QB. Yeah, he's uh, 30 years old now. I think he's been in the league probably seven years. And Longer than his brother? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, I think he's outdone his ADP every single year that he's been in the NFL, which says something. People, like you said, a little uh, undervalued. So, you know, maybe people could uh, show Carr some love and have him as their QB two. He's yeah. kind of like Kirk Cousins to me. Yeah, not, he's not, not pretty, exciting, but he but... puts up points. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'll get the job done, and he'll have some good games where he does finish as uh, as a top twelve QB. Yep, yep. You got some um, sirens going on over there. <laughs> I do, yeah. You're picking some of that up in the back. They heard you pumping Derek Carr. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. The sirens are chasing that car. So, um, what do we got going on in the backfield? We got uh, Josh Jacobs, and they brought in Kenyon Drake. Josh Jacobs, what are your thoughts there, or what do you see the backfield looking like this year? Uh, well, I've owned Josh Jacobs a couple years now. Um, He's a tough pill to swallow most weeks. Um, you never really know what you're going to get with him. Their O-line was pretty good. And, you know, that's why in his rookie year he was drafted pretty high in fantasy. Um, last year they were also pretty good again. But he didn't have the greatest year. Um, it's, a, it's a weird situation with Jacobs. When they're winning, he's a great guy to own. He's putting up 20 fantasy points a game. Um but in the eight losses they had last year, he averaged 51 rushing yards. Uh, so, you know, so he's putting sub, you know, 10 fantasy points a game up for a week when, in those certain In their losses, eh? Yeah. So, hmm. you know, if you're counting on the Raiders to win a bunch of games, um, yeah, draft Josh Jacobs. But if you're, you know, where we're at, where they're going to finish last in the division, um, probably top five pick in the draft, I don't think that bodes well for Josh Jacobs at all. Um, no, I agree with you. I yeah, didn't know that. I didn't know that stat. Yeah, it was a weird one I picked up. And then, <clears throat> and then bringing in Kenyon Drake, is, who had a great year last year in Arizona. Uh, just another, you know, ding for Josh Jacobs. It's weird. He's a great, like, pass catcher and an athlete. It just, I don't know if they scheme well enough for him. They're not using yeah. him properly, in my uh, opinion. Yeah, probably just the, the wrong spot for him for fantasy value. But, uh Yeah. Maybe maybe he's on my, my fade list next week. You gave me some things to think about. So. Yeah, it was weird stats. And they did lose Trent Brown. He went to the Patriots, who was one of their better um, 
offensive linemen. And they try to bring in some guys to replace them, but they definitely took a step back, which isn't helpful. Right. Okay. And then, um, yeah, I don't think I can draft Kenyon Drake. I can stomach that. And I don't know if I'll be drafting Josh Jacobs, considering who else is there around him. Like, you're looking at Montgomery. You're looking at uh, even CH isn't far off. He's a little bit ahead of him, but not far. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. No, I agree um, with that. Yeah. Okay. We'll both we'll both punt on Josh Jacobs. If he blows up and we're wrong, so be it. But I don't think we will be. No, me neither. <laughs> um, any receivers you're looking at here? It's kind of a Kind of yeah, like their well, their <laughs> best receiver is their tight end. Yeah, true. Obviously, Darren Waller. He's could be the tight end one this year. He's he gets a ton of targets. Big guy. Um, he's like a George Kittle, but you know, bigger, and he's peppered with targets. So, um, yeah, Derek Carr really loves him more than his other receivers. Obviously, um, yeah, Carr loves to find Waller. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's his guy. Carr does have one of the lower depths of targets on his passing, so that favors yep. Waller, who you know can do some of that, on, on some of the underneath work and that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, as you said, um, the low A dot. It's weird that they drafted the receivers that they have because they're all you know they they're field <laughs> stretchers. You know, you got Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, John Brown. They're all field stretchers, so it's not a very well put together team. For you know the talent they have, it, it's strange. <laughs> yeah, when you uh, put a bunch of guys out there who can uh, stretch a field and get down there in blazing quick speed, it's kind of funny to pair that up with a quarterback whose uh, average depth of target is like five yards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I'm grabbing a receiver, it's probably Henry Ruggs, who's a rookie last year. You know, decent year for um, the team that he's on. Uh, Brian Edwards has been making a lot of noise in camp, but um, he's not really a household name, and John Brown. It, it's tricky. They're all going to split the targets. I don't think any guy's going to come out that much more ahead than the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe I think I see it a little different. I think I'm higher on John Brown. You like John Brown actually, a lot, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not a lot, but I mean, where he's going to go in your draft, like 13th, 14th round. Yeah. Um, he's a better receiver than Aguilar is, I think, and could be slotted in as a wide receiver one like Aguilar was. And that provided some value last year. It was a little tricky to predict when, but um, definitely had some big games for you if you can stomach a little bit of a up and down. So, yeah, I don't mind John Brown. I, I think I'm going to find him on a roster or two. Yeah, he's a talented guy. I, I liked him back in Arizona, um, and he's he's, just, he's been banged up, so he doesn't really get the shot that he's always – yeah, um, deserved I think, and then Buffalo he was pretty good. Um, Injury yeah. bug there too, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, um, I think that about that about covers it for our Raiders here. Yeah, and then last team, a little more exciting, uh, the Chargers. They got uh, second year quarterback Justin Herbert. He had a great rookie year. What are your thoughts on him? I like Justin Herbert a lot. Um, he's going in the fifth round, which might be a little high for me. Uh, he's got one year of, of uh, you know, stats to kind of go on. So he's going in the same rounds as like Dak and Russell Wilson, uh, Aaron Rodgers. 
So that part's a little bit uh, expensive for me. But yeah, he broke out in a big way last year. He set records for uh, a rookie quarterback. I actually traded him to my wife for like, uh, who the heck was it? I think it was Deontay Johnson, to be honest, which isn't a terrible trade. But he broke out in a big way. So I did kind of regret that. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, he he can rush. He can throw. He, he can do a bit of everything. He's, uh, you know, a new age quarterback and... It's just the price is a little expensive for me. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, the price is probably too high for me. Even if I took a quarterback in the fifth or sixth round, I think I like Dak or Wilson a little bit more. Um, just with, uh, you know, the years of work that we have to go on. and Exactly. Um, yeah. Like a guy like Wilson, he's proven he can get it done. Whether the team's great, whether his O-line's terrible, whether... Um, they're a pass first team or a run first offense, like under all conditions, he does it. So I'd rather Wilson there, yep. but, uh, yeah, I think Herbert's going to provide some, some good fancy, uh, production for whoever does end up drafting him. Yeah. He's um, got a good floor. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, what do you think of the backfield there? It's, uh, Austin Eckler and then a little murky beyond that. Yeah. It's his backfield. No doubt. Um, Zero competition, really, this year in my mind. You know, when he's tired, he'll come out and they'll throw in. Um, geez, who did they grab? Sorry, I'm trying to blank. I know they drafted Roundtree this year. Yeah, um, they've got Josh Kelly there. That's it. Yeah, and Justin Jackson. And Justin Jackson. Yeah. So they've yeah they got a few back there. That they've game always was been actually, there. Yeah. Yeah, that game's actually was on tonight. The what was it, Chargers and 49ers? That's and that a, was yeah. one of the questions that the, the coach kind of had still at this point was who is going to be their RB2 or their backup to Eckler, but right. it will truly be a backup situation. This isn't a 1A, 1B or a committee or anything like that, I don't think. Well, that's good. Um, yeah, so obviously he's got no competition, um, and he's the kind of guy that he'll see you know 90 targets, 90, sorry, 90 receptions, and he'll probably hit him. <laughs> 1,400 all-purpose yards. That um, is a wild reception total. It is. Was that how how high it was last year or close Yeah, to he that? hits about 85. Um, I think he hit about 85 uh, receptions last year. That's unreal. Yeah, he's he's very good for PPR. Okay. Uh, I'm going to get into and this yet. guy also. I don't want to tip my hand, but he's in, he's one of the guys that I like as well. So I got, I got a few more stats about him. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we can we can we can let you gush about Austin Eckler later. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's good. <laughs> uh, top ten RB, I think, on everybody's board. So yeah, yeah. Especially to, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of their receiving options, uh, is there anybody that you like for value? Um, who are value you wise, um, yeah, you're probably gonna get some value with Mike Williams. The uh, wide receiver too there it you know and it's because of his injury history which he's again dealing with an injury he's uh an, an incredible athlete he's a ball hawk and he wins battles um against cornerbacks all the time big red zone threat he just always hurt uh so for if you're looking for value mike williams is is sinking uh keenan allen he's a stud he's very consistent low low risk uh you're going to pay out for him. He's definitely like a second round kind of guy. Uh, I'll be targeting him in a lot of drafts if I can get my hands on him, um, you know, late second, early third, but he, he doesn't really fall to me that often. 
Yeah, right on. I I'm there with you on Mike Williams. If he could could play 15, 16 games, and he wasn't always on the injury report, um, I think his val or his uh, draft capital would be a little bit higher than it is. But because of that, I think you get some value there for when he does play. He's yep. like you said, Herbert's a great quarterback. He's gonna have to throw it to somebody other than Keenan Allen. And Mike Williams is like a mismatch or a matchup nightmare for for corners and big body in the end zone and that kind of yep. thing. And then yep. I love Keenan Allen. He's gonna soak up targets. Um could be a guy that um leads the league in receptions. There's a few guys that could, and I think he's one of them. For sure. Um, yeah, so I'm there with you. And then um, 10, they have Jared Cook. Yeah, Hunter Henry left. He went to the Pats. Um, Jared Cook's always been productive. Like, uh, I think you were saying earlier that they're, uh, the New Orleans offensive coordinator moved over to the Chargers, so he's got some experience with Jared Cook, which, which bodes well for his fantasy outlook. He's definitely going undrafted. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's... He's one of those guys that could pop and just like end up on the you know top twelve tight ends um, this year. Yeah, yeah, I think I think he could actually. He's a bit of a sleeper tight end target for me. Um, yeah. I think it was Eckler. Um, Eckler was asked who um, was impressing him in camp, and it was his first time playing with Jared Cook. And he said Jared Cook is the guy to watch this year on our team. Like maybe he ends up being, you know the third receiving option after Allen and after Eckler. Yeah. Um, yeah. Been around. He's got a lot of experience. <laughs> yeah. For sure, yeah. Yep. And, um, yeah, I think that about wraps us up, uh, the Chargers. Anything else to say there? No, I, I mean, and and I just wanted to kind of point back to why I'm not, like, very high on Justin Herbert in the fifth so much. They have Eckler. They have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jared Cook. But, I don't know. There's there's not like an overwhelming amount of weapons for him, so maybe that is just what's putting me off a little bit. It's capping his his value for me. Right. Um, yeah. As an aside, do you think the Chargers are a playoff team? I do. Yeah, their defense is pretty solid. They added some pieces to their O line. Um, so, so like in the trenches, they're really good. Um, yeah, I think they have the pieces to get to a playoffs. I don't know if they'll take the division this year. But wild card, yeah, no problem. I think they, I think they have a great shot at it. Sweet, yeah, I think so too. And then, uh, yeah, it's it's a tough division though to play in. Even the, you know, we knocked the Raiders a little bit, but um, they beat some big teams last year. I think they beat the Chiefs once last year. Yeah, they play um, hard. Yeah, it's a tough division. Um, but yeah, I could see them making the playoffs. And just for fun, who wins out AFC South? AFC South, oh boy, that's a toss-up <laughs> every single year. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I think the Titans take it this year. They yeah. added Julio. I think that puts it over the top for me. Yeah, I think so. You know what? Titans may be like a, a sleeper um, Super Bowl pick. Could be. Maybe I'm too. Maybe I'm too bullish. But they're a good team. They're a good team. There's, uh, there's some Patriots personnel in that uh, management, so I, I, I don't mind that pick. <laughs> yeah, one of them has COVID right now. That's um, true. <laughs> yeah, the coach is, has COVID apparently. But yeah, uh, Tennessee's a tough, tough city for that. Yeah, the rest of that division, I don't think anybody sneaks in on a wild card, uh, wild card, wild card entry into the playoffs. So yeah, yeah. 
yeah. So yeah, that uh, that wraps up every division in the NFL. We've we've got through them all. Awesome. Four weeks. Yeah, crushed it. That's cool. Um, Doing that for the first time. I like that. That was fun. Yeah, it was good. Um, and just to kind of close off the conversation on um, the NFL today, we wanted to look at some of our favorite guys, and basically what we were looking for is guys that would probably outperform their ADP by at least a round or that, you know, could really break out um, and be a fantasy fantasy stud for your team. So we picked one guy from each position, quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, and uh, running back. And, yeah, we'll share those with you. Next week we'll talk about who we're fading. But, uh, yeah, to kick us off, um, want to start with our QBs? For sure. Um, yeah, I'll do my my QB first, and I'll just uh, kind of give you a scenario that I put together that I was reading about stats. Uh, so take player A, 19.4 fantasy points per game, 165 passing yards, 72 rushing yards. Uh, so that's player A. Player B is 23 fantasy points per game, about 230 passing yards, 68 rushing yards per game. Um, player A is Lamar Jackson in his final four games of his rookie year, 2018, uh, which was the year before his MVP season. And player B, obviously, better stats, is Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Not That's to crazy. say he's going to be Lamar Jackson or you know win an MVP next season, this season. But yeah, that's my QB. He's going in the eighth to ninth round. Uh, super high on him. I had him last year. Um, and I did enjoy uh, you know the final half of his season. Uh, I think he's in a great situation. They drafted two first-round receivers the last couple of years in Devonta Smith and Jalen Rager. Uh, they have Miles Sanders, Goddard, Ertz, um, ton of weapons around him. Uh, yeah. New, you know, OC. Uh, yeah. What else do I got here? Yeah, John, go ahead. Add something to that. Yeah, he gets the, he gets the rushing the rushing work that you love from your quarterback. If you can find a quarterback that is productive through the air and can put up, you know, top tie, top five rushing numbers at the position, you're, you're laughing. You get a safe floor every single week. So, yeah, the, the Lamar comparison was pretty cool there. Um, when you think of what Lamar did, like, just put the league on fire in yeah. terms of um, production on the ground and, you know, was efficient through the air too. So he... Um, yeah. You know, for me, it wouldn't be a stretch for him to hit 4,000 passing yards, 1,000 rushing yards, and 30 total <laughs> touchdowns. Uh, that would put him up there in, you know, top six yeah. QB range. Exactly, yeah. I was going to say he's that's like Russell Wilson-esque. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Eagles suck defensively. Uh, he'll be playing a lot of catch-up, which bullets well for him. He's a leader already and that's and he's a young guy he'll put the team on his shoulders i mean everyone's saying that around camp how well he's done so far with that kind of thing um the one knock i always hear on him is his completion rate last year was 51 percent yeah that sucks no no doubt that sucks so if he improves on that it'll be um it'll be great this year but just to point out josh allen's completion percentage in his rookie season was 52 percent so right around the exact same amount and he's uh you know the second third qb taken off the board this year right yeah and josh allen definitely uh 
saw some growth and saw those yeah. uh, reception, the reception, or sorry, the uh, passing percentage rise there. So, exactly. yeah, cool. Cool. Who's your um, QB? You're going to like this one. It's Tom Brady. Um, I think he is completely undervalued. It doesn't make sense where he's going. Um, last year, he ended up with 40 touchdowns, 4,600 yards. Um, he was, and that's considering like Tampa was not a good team to start the year. They, the offense wasn't clicking. So, you know, most of his, a lot of his production came in the last two thirds of the season. And of course, went on to win the Super Bowl. But um, he also didn't have Antonio Brown the first half of last year, which he's going to have a full year with Brown, Godwin, and Evans. Um, you couldn't ask for three better receivers. Oh. Um, as targets, they've got OJ Howard as their tight end, who's capable. Um, they brought in Geo uh, almost at Tom Brady's request, I think. Like, he's the kind of guy that Brady likes. And you saw White be really productive, and they play a similar game. For sure. Um, yeah, and not only that, Tom Brady did it all last year on a torn AC, or a torn yeah. MCL, yeah. which has been repaired now. So the guy did it on like one leg and continues to impress. I don't think he falls off a cliff this year. You know, the age is always a concern, but injury aside, I think you're going to get, uh, yeah, similar production from a guy going in the eighth or ninth round, like QB 10, QB 12 in some drafts. So if you want to wait on quarterback and take Tom Brady, I, I think it's a fantastic strategy. I love it. I love it. Yeah. You guys, 43 still gave it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like the weapons around him, you know, people are saying like, you kind of fade them because they all compete with each other uh, for targets. But, uh, Tom Brady doesn't care. He's, that, that only helps him, right? So uh, don't fade Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, you're spot on. They, they can't uh, they can't cover everybody on opposing defenses. So yeah, yeah. Um, who do you got at running back? Running back. So I hinted at it earlier. I have Austin Eckler. Um, he's been around for a little while. He's he has faced some injuries uh, here and there, so not that much tread on the tire. Uh, but, th- yeah, I think this year is his year. This is the year he jumps into, um, you know, top RB5 uh, in PPR. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like so elite category? For yeah. sure. Yeah, I think he, you know, supplants, um, you know, Kamara, Henry. I don't know. I got a really good feeling about it. I'm going to have to go back and look at my ranks, but I- I'm going to put him up there in PPR. Uh, they improved their offensive line. They added very little to their backfield. Hunter Henry's gone. Uh, so let's vacated targets that are uh, almost assuredly going to go to him and Keenan Allen. Um, and the one stat that was kind of blowing me away when I was looking at it earlier is he only had two carries inside the red zone last year, uh, which yeah. is crazy. Isn't that, is that, that's not a concern to you? You don't think they throw, you know, throw somebody in there to vulture those Josh Kelly or something? No, Three I don't. I, game? No, I think it's <laughs> no. his year. I think it's his year that he, he, uh, he, he can rush between the tackles. They've just never used him that way. I don't know if it was because of his injury history or whatever, but he can do it. He, he, you know, he's a three-down back. Yeah, and a lot of time that he's been there, they had Melvin Gordon, who was maybe but, just built for it a little bit more. Yeah, than that was his job. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, right on. Um, I can see 1,500 yards all-purpose and 
115 targets, so it's it's PPR gold. Yeah, I, the targets still like blow my mind there, but uh, that's going to pay off in any kind of PPR format. Yeah. And the other note, you, we, you talked about the OC from New Orleans going over there um, this year and, you know, maybe some benefit to Cook that way. But I also saw the OC um, there said he's going to use Eckler like he used Kamara in their offense, which I think, like you said, he's got he's got the skill set to do it. I think he can um, he can fill that role as Kamara and maybe he um, gets some similar production, in which case you're you're laughing where you draft him. So that's great. Yeah. You know, he's honestly like an older CMC for me. Right. Just he's been banged up and he hasn't been the, uh, you know, the only piece on the offense. So, I don't know, that's the vibe I get. That's where I think he's heading. Right on. Okay, who's your running back? Uh, My running back is Chris Carson, 26 years old, running back for the uh, Seattle Seahawks. They're starting running back. They're bell cow. I don't think there's any competition that's going to take work away from him really on that team. And some people, I think, are fading him a little bit, thinking about the injuries from last year. He just played 12 games. But uh, Chris Carson played 12 games last year. He had 680 rushing yards. He had 37 receptions for 280 through the air. Um, So that's almost 1,000 yards in 12 games. 960, I think. Um, And 9 TDs in 12 games. So he was putting up really good numbers. Like, through a 17-game pace... You know, that puts him at maybe 14 TDs, over 1,500 yards or close to 1,500 yards combined. Um, And he's going as the RB17, um, which is he's right near the back of the third, if you're lucky, early fourth. And I think that value is, is too good to pass up at that point for somebody who could probably, you know, fight to sneak into the top 10 at running back. Yeah, I like Chris Carson a lot, for sure. There was some chatter at the start of camp that uh, Rashad Penny was healthy, and it was finally his year to kind of nip away at Chris Carson, maybe even steal the role, but no way. He's he's such a good floor guy. Like, you know what you're getting every week. Yeah, he's a tough runner. It's a good offense. Um, he's not going to get those Eckler numbers in terms of receptions, but 37 and 12, you're probably looking at, I don't know, close to close to 55-60 through a 16-game pace. Yeah. and Yeah, like if you're taking two wide receivers or wide receiver tight end, something like that, your first two picks, he's a, he's a fantastic third guy to grab off the board. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so he's my uh, he's one of my uh, favorite RBs to draft. Sweet. This is not very controversial. We both like these guys, all these guys a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's Who do you okay. got at uh, wide receiver? C.D. Lamb. I had him last year, and he was um, interesting. He still put up great numbers. He was hard to play some weeks after Dak went down. Um, but he still played really well. He was overshadowed by uh, Justin Jefferson, who had an outstanding, um, record-breaking, like probably won't ever be done kind of rookie year. Exactly, yeah. Um, but he still finished with 75 receptions for almost 1,000 yards. With uh, Andy Dalton and Danucci at QB, so <laughs> not the best pass. No, uh, he, he did did what he did with. Yeah. yeah, he he worked with it and he was still productive. 
but through weeks one to five with Prescott healthy, he was on pace for almost 1,400 yards, which would have put him pretty close to the Justin Jefferson numbers. Um, he's a stud. I think he's he's probably going to just about take over Amari Cooper's role this year. Not his role, sorry, but put up numbers that are a bit greater. Um, and then I, I honestly think next year he'll be um, top 10 receiver, probably top yeah, five. It, in the slow draft we did, um, I saw CD went before Cooper. We ended up taking Cooper, but um, I was personally, I was a little bit surprised. Um, I yeah. was, yeah. I was um, surprised. The they're kind of like the, that group of receivers that are all similar to um, the Rams. Like you take yeah. the second one and you just get the better value because they're both great. I think that's what kind of happened there for us. Like I was happy to get Amari Cooper after, but uh, still surprised to see Ceedee Lamb go first. It, it's yeah. not quite there, but next year for sure he's a stud. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Um, quick note, I've heard the stat tossed around a few times this year. When there's um, two wide receivers on a team, the one that's consensus to be um, kind of 1A versus 1B, yep. 75% of the time, the one projected to be 1A is 1A. So yes, Cooper's, the, <laughs> Cooper's the, the higher ranked guy there, but I think is going to be I think C is going to be behind him, but not far off. So for sure, and that's you just you get a little bit of the value, yeah. Um, the fantasy community kind of they they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're not making it up as they go. So yeah, um, yeah. C D yeah. Lamb, another yeah, one of my on. guys. I'll uh, target him in as many drafts as I can. Um, yeah, Sweet. that's my wide receiver too, for sure. That'd be a steal. Okay, I'm I'm digging deep on this one. Uh, my wide receiver that I'm loving is uh, Cole Beasley. Uh, he ended up, I think, as wide receiver 29 last year in PPR, which probably gives you week-to-week flex value. And he was a very consistent, very steady receiver. 82 receptions, I think 985 yards, almost 1,000. Um, and just four TDs, which when you think one TD every 250 yards... Um, something's got to break there. And I think that TD number goes up just a little bit too. We, maybe he gets into the six or seven range. Yep. Um, another year of work with Josh Allen can't hurt in terms of chemistry. And, um, the real thing to know here is that he's going as a wide receiver 60, Oh boy. like <laughs> deep in your draft, like, um, probably the 13th round. We just took him in our, um, slow draft here i think we took him maybe at the 11 12 turn yeah or 12 13 yeah we just took him there i think the value is good for somebody that you can plug into your flex and know you're going to get 60 yards six receptions and walk away consistently with 10 or 12 points from somebody that costs you almost nothing in a draft so yeah cole beasley's my guy um and they don't have a really really solid receiving running back so or a tight end that can really soak up the targets. So Beasley plays that short yardage game. Um, yeah, and gets peppered. Man, is this guy even going to play this year? Uh, he's unvaxxed. <laughs> and gonna, yeah, 
Maybe that's oh, my biggest man. knock on him. He's no, unboxed. I'm being I'm being dramatic. <laughs> Just as dramatic as the Twitter reaction was. If yeah. this I mean, if all that hadn't happened, he would not be drafted that late. It's crazy. Yeah. He's yeah, obviously gonna play football. It's absurd. I don't agree with him not getting vaxxed, but at the same time, I'm still gonna draft him and still gonna plug him in there to fill in on a whole bunch of bye weeks, I think. Yeah. Man, this guy should yeah. be going in the seventh, eighth round. He looks, he's like a Julian Edelman. The stats yeah. like that: eighty receptions, a thousand yards. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh well, if we'll take him where we got him. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take the value. He could creep into wide receiver two territory, top twenty-four, top twenty-five. So, yeah. Cool. Okay, my tight end. And tight end, yeah. I uh, hinted to this guy earlier as well. Noah Fant. Uh, definitely a bit biased. He's one of our keepers on our League of Leagues team. Uh, the guy averaged uh, 11.5 fantasy points per year last, uh, per game, pardon me, last year in PPR uh, in the 12 games that he played in, in which he was healthy, uh, which had him at tight end four. Um, that's pretty solid for a tight end. Yeah. You're just looking for like a safe you know, floor outside of the top three guys. Uh, he's great. He's a young guy still. Uh, if Drew Locke takes a leap, he'll improve on his 3.5% touchdown rate, which is, you know, outside of kind of the average. He's definitely due for some positive um, progression some on that number. Progression there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the norm is, you know, about 5%. So if he's up around there, yeah, he could easily creep into the top five tight ends, I'm, I'm thinking. That's just my prediction. He's running a bunch of bunch more routes in camp uh the offensive coordinators got him doing so that's helpful uh and then interesting uh stat that i found about him he leads all tight ends in yards after catch per reception since entering the league wow. and he's done it with a deeper deeper average depth of target than george kittle so oh that's um, crazy yeah once he catches a ball he's he's a tough guy to catch in the open field those are all good. Something's got to break with the TD numbers. Then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I he, think he just had a lot of weird stats against him. If he got close to double digits or into double digits and touchdowns, he's going to be in your top five tight ends yeah. at the end of the year, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think he can do it. Um, yeah, my tight end is, I'm going back to uh, Seattle again here uh, and going pretty deep again, Gerald Everett. Um, he was always kind of, uh, you know, he was productive in L.A. He used to be with the Rams, but you also had Tyler Higby there, and they really shared the work. But whenever one was out, the other was, you know, instantly had to be rostered week-to-week guy. Yeah. Um, in the offseason, he moves over to Seattle, where he actually gets paired up with his old O.C., who um, used to be in L.A., now he's in Seattle. Um I heard him uh, talking up Everett a fair bit. He's a really athletic guy. Um, and if you remember from past seasons, you know, recently, Will, a guy like Will Disley was a fantasy-relevant tight end. And he's not half the receiver, receiving threat that Everett is. Um, Everett's an athletic guy. He's quick, uh, big-bodied, going to be an end zone uh, threat every single week. So I think he could really outperform his ADP because he is going as tight end 18, basically undrafted. If you want a really high upside, um, really late pick, 
save it for your very last one and grab Gerald Everett as your tight end. Worst case scenario, three weeks in, you realize it's not going to click and you go back to the wire and find somebody else. But I think the upside is huge here. Yeah, he's a big um, red zone guy. Yeah. Which I like. So, yeah, if, if you're looking for, yeah, tight ends after the first three, four, five, you're just looking for touchdowns and, and he's a good candidate for that for sure. Yeah. I think the similar to Fant, but a little, yeah. little less upside than Fant. But if he snuck into the top 12, I wouldn't be surprised at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that's all the guys we love. Uh, next week, we will talk about the guys that were kind of fading a bit more. Um, yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you like those guys, go ahead and draft them in your drafts. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, just to wrap us up here, we'll uh, touch base on our League of Leagues. The, again, the four sports, year-round, that kind of thing. Um, not a great week for us. It was a tough one. Yeah, it felt like we were just kicking water uphill all week. Um, <laughs> yeah. Between injuries, COVID, paternity leave, uh, postponed games. It, it was just everything was against us. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we lost it. We lost in a close one. Um, this week also saw the trade deadline. Uh, so we made a few picks. John, you want to fill them in on the picks, pickups that we grabbed? Yeah, we uh, grabbed Goldschmidt um, from a team outside of the playoff race here. Um, swapped Willie, Adam, Willie Adams for him. Um, Adams is going to have a little bit of keeper value, and we also had to do, had to do a little bit of a NHL pick swap there to make it happen. I think we swapped sixes and eights, so uh, not a huge cost for a little bit of an upgrade at uh, first base. And then we <laughs> we traded Albies earlier in the year for <laughs> for Gibson at pitcher. He's coming back home. Got, yeah, yeah, and we got him back now. So um, traded uh, Shoop out of Detroit, who's gonna have some keeper value next year, and um. You know, he's he was going to cost us a fifteenth next year for a guy that's like way outperformed his. Um, he wasn't even drafted, but next year he will be. Yeah. Um, I think he's sitting 80th in points for in our league right now. So there's definitely some value there as a keeper, but um, to get Albies out of it, um, yeah, that was definitely worth it for us right before our playoffs here. So hopefully, you know, we took some hits at uh, pitcher, but. Maybe we can make up for it with a little bit of extra batting here. Yeah, and that's our uh, that's our game. I mean, John and I are all over the uh, the waiver wire. We find these guys that we hope pop, and then they do, and they've got good keeper value. And we just you know we traded him for Goldschmidt. He was like a yeah. top sixth round you know infielder guy, and Albies is like you know we drafted him in the third or fourth. So yeah, we. Um, that's that's always kind of been our thing in the, our separate leagues, and it's it's good to put our minds together and be able to do it in this league of leagues uh, setup as well. Yeah, it's not it's nice not having to fight you for waiver wire. Pickups, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, and we needed those trades after like we had that ugly Chris Bassett. Yeah, a really unfortunate injury for yeah. a guy who's done amazing this year. Yeah. We're going to stick him on our RIR. We're going to keep him next year. We get to keep him for a 14th. But for sure. Yeah. Man, I really wanted to have 
some of our pitchers healthy for the playoffs. We've if you can Bauer, believe it, we've, yeah, yeah, Rom, like this yeah. is ridiculous. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unreal. And uh, we kind of built our team around a, a solid pitching staff too. So that was that's the tough part that we're dealing with right now. But just just uh, pivoting, and we're we're building our batters back up too. So. Yeah, we're going to have to look at the waivers here as we get close to um, playoffs. Maybe we'll be streaming a guy or two in um, some of our playoff weeks here. But uh, I think we'll make it work. We've got we got a good enough team still, Yeah, despite those losses. So, yeah. Yeah, we're locked in a playoff spot, probably top four spot. Um, we have two easy weeks coming up. We play the dead last team, and I think it was like a bottom three team. Uh, so those should be wins. We're we're just cruising. Um, yeah, like John said. Yeah. Round out the year. Hopefully, don't have any more big injuries and should be set up okay for the playoffs. We our goal at the start of the year was to win at least one round. That sets us up nice in the overall standings for the year. You know, finishing top four. Yeah. Um, but if we can squeeze out an extra round or you know anything more than that, is just gravy. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's about all we got for now, right? Yep, that's it. Um, yeah, um, just to recap, we'll go into... Uh, we're going to do a mock draft, I think, next uh, podcast we were saying, right? Yeah, let's mock. That'll be fun. We'll, we'll be on two different teams. We've we've yeah. been preparing to draft together here and there, so now we'll do a separate. Yeah, we'll use our, our separate rankings this time around, see how that goes. Uh, we definitely have some drafts coming up. Um I think we should post our slow draft. Yeah, we will post uh, the slow draft when it's when it's finished. You guys can rip it apart. Uh, when's our legal league draft? It must be coming it up soon too. Isn't until I think it's first week of September, okay. maybe August thirty first, something like okay. that. Yeah, and I think I got one like the twenty eighth, the thirtieth, and the thirty first. Yeah, I'm thirty thirty first and to be decided and then in the midst of a draft right now as we're yeah. recording that slow draft it's been going on for a few days here everybody's got eight hours to make their picks so you know yeah. there's some lag here and there <laughs> cool man yeah. all right well uh thanks everyone for listening and we'll get up get back at you uh midweek we're gonna record uh yeah so, so we'll talk to you then yeah we'll have a quick turnaround here and uh you'll hear from us again soon all right everybody cool. take care Take care, peace.